believe that we are live and here in California, I say ahoy. That's because I'm typically on a sailboat. So I try to bring that back. And I know that that has other implications in other languages, but whether it's bon dia, hello, ahoy, bonjour, we are, we are from all around the world and we are here on the Scale Up Heroes podcast. The reason why we're here is because we're taking the best minds who have the most practical and real life experience so that we can basically help other people with these heroic skills. And I know we asked everyone to, to wear their, their, uh, their hero capes, but I appreciate that you don't want to be flashy and that you just put them <laughs> in the drawer or something like that. I mean, we don't want to make people you know, intimidated. But I'm excited today because we have an amazing host, and I'm going to try this here. It is Jordi Capadevila Espatidia. <laughs> All right, we got a thumbs up on that. Yeah, and absolutely. We're going to be talking about scaling up marketing. We have a lot of panelists with a lot of great information. So, so Jordy's going to be the ringleader of that. And if at any point you guys want to see more or you want to learn more about what Mike and Mary have with the basically the Scale Up Heroes podcast behind the scenes, it's scaleupacademy.io. 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 All right. I'm going to hand over the microphone to Mr. Jordy. Jordy, take it away. Let's get into some questions and some answers and get heroic about it. Hey, let's do it. Well, thanks for the intro. Uh, this is Jordi from Barcelona. Hola. I'm going to present a little bit uh, the speakers that we have here today. It's an honor to be the moderator of such a lineup. I'm very pleased to learn from you all, guys. And I'll do a small intro about, about what I do first so you have like a reference then you can you know talk about your company and what you do there or what you're trying to achieve so i'm the marketing head at force manager force manager is a sales enablement tool we uh we are so you can understand a mobile first crm uh, we plug in into different crms or we can be a standalone tool and we are designed first for mobile so the people that enjoy our app the most are those sales reps that are out in the streets and having a lot of visits calls and very busy so we are their preferred sales assistant so to speak and i run the marketing department we are a 120 employees company we are in series b and expanding across europe latin america and now the u.s we have big announcements for the fall and it's a very exciting time here and now I will let you guys, the true protagonists here, to introduce yourself. So uh, Dave, if you want to take it over from San Francisco, can you introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, so I'm uh, Dave Dubois, the uh, uh, Vice President of Marketing at Agora.io. Um, uh, Agora.io is a uh, real-time communications uh, company uh, we specialize in voice, video, and interactive uh, broadcasting APIs and SDKs. Um, uh, like Jordy, we're, we're in uh, Series B as well. Um, we have um, uh, actually cleared um, 200 employees uh, around the world. And um, we really are um, expanding pretty, uh, pretty rapidly uh, across the globe. Uh, we, we like to say, and this is, this is the tagline, we like to say that uh, we're providing real-time communications for the next billion users. And I'll mm -hmm. pass it back to Jordy. That's great. 
Thanks, Dave, and welcome. Uh, I'll, I'll bring uh, the next panelist back home. Uh, we have Xavier Fraga, Fabrega from Exotica, and it's surprising that I cannot pronounce that. This is like I'm, I'm in English now. <laughs> Xavi, andavan. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Jordi. So, hello, everybody. So, the, that's Chai Fabrega, the uh, Chief Marketing Officer from Exotica, exotica.com. So, and we are an OTA, an online travel agent focused in uh, long haul destination. But before that, I started my, my business career, my digital business career in Grupo Intercom. So, focused in Magister, uh, an educational lead generation vertical. And now I'm dealing, I'm leading the marketing and business development team in Exotica. And now we are in four different countries. So trying to, to do our international rollout as fast as possible. Awesome. Thank you, Xavi. And now we're going to travel again across the ocean. We have Alon from Customer. Hey, Jordi. Thank you. Welcome back to New York. Uh, Alon from formerly customer just left a few days ago to advise to different startups in the go-to-market and marketing space. Customer is a very innovative co company that changes the perception of service and experience to focus on the customer identity versus the ticket or the transaction. So I strongly recommend for anybody listening to explore more about how to drive service, which is customer first versus transactional first. And that's the reason that great B-Round company exists and is making a lot of trends. Happy to be here. Thanks a lot for the intro. Thank you. Well, it's, it's really exciting to have you all here, guys. Uh, we have a lot to talk because we have a, a good composition of B2B and B2C companies, which is usually a big topic or a big deal in marketing because, uh, you know, at the end of the day, uh, communications it's human to human but I feel like and I, and I know that there are like a lot of differences between those tactics that can be applied to B2B companies and those that can be applied to B2C companies especially in terms of channels so I think the the first uh, discussion that we can have probably is about B2B versus B2C what experience do you guys have uh, especially in, in Agora Dave in your case, uh, since you're focused on gaming and social networking, uh, what is your effort mainly to be driven? Yeah, it, it's uh, it's interesting. I've spent uh, I, my whole career in, in B2B marketing. And uh, I always like to my, uh, tell my friends who are in consumer marketing that they have it easy. Um, so, you know, B2B <laughs> marketing is, is you know, really, uh, really a challenging thing because uh, you're ultimately really trying to figure out how do you target uh, a, a space or a niche that is that's really small, um, and so how do you get in front of that uh, specific audience that you're going at? Um, so at Agora specifically, we actually have um, two separate targets that we have to um, actually hit in order for us to, uh, to to really sell and expand our user base. One of those targets is the uh, always hard to hit developer target. As you all know, developers love to turn off ads um, in their mm -hmm. browsers. So, you know, how do you advertise to somebody that doesn't see advertising? Um, so that's, you know, one of the first, you know, big challenges that we have um, in marketing to developers. And then the second market that we really have to uh, go after is product owners. And, 
And luckily for us, product owners will, will leave their ads actually on. From a tactical perspective, um, I was chatting with uh, Ryan a little bit earlier today and uh, you know, for developers really getting out um, and putting the brand out into hackathons is uh, strategically one of the big things um, that we do. Building a really strong developer community um, is also uh, something that really um, works well, uh, not only for us, but also for the developers so that the developers can uh, from learn from each other, learn how uh, their um, other colleagues are implementing um, some of the things that um, that companies do with um, with Agora IO. What's what's really interesting is like you know what our products and services are actually being used for today. So we're we're seeing everything from you know peer to peer video to video calls inside uh, an application all the way to the gamification of retail, um, mm -hmm. which is, um, you know, actual video to broadcast uh, in, in a retail gamification uh, concept. So um, I think for us, you know, bringing it back to, to lead tactics, um, it's, it's really been about uh, casting a, a narrow net uh, against the two separate uh, target markets that we go after. Yeah, you definitely spoke about two buyer personas, right? That you that you definitely have to address differently, I guess. Yeah, exactly. And then moving to B two C, Chavi, uh, what like how do you segment yeah your buyer personas? At the end of the day, you have like a few, I, I guess. But in terms of lead generation, uh, how do you achieve it like across a segment of like so many people, probably? So in terms of B2C, so I totally agree uh, with Dave that it's a bit, it, it looks a bit easier uh, because you are uh, target all the consumers. So you, are, you, you don't have to go just with the B2B or businesses. Uh, they are that behind the people. So uh, it's easy. It's much easier because you have more consumers to, uh, that want, uh, are looking for your product. But it's totally true that probably the, the process that you get the lead, so the purchase funnel, it's a little bit uh, difficult, or I, I wouldn't say difficult. I would say that your cost per acquisition would be much lower, but also your lifetime value. So you have to balance uh, the cost that you have to, to get your user and also the, the that user just usually buy what your one once per once per year, once per time, or once ever. So B two B, it's uh, if if you work quite good in terms of uh, loyalty and repetition from your own customers, uh, <clears throat> you, you you could have a lot of revenue every year uh, for for your customers. For but uh, as a B two B two C company, so we. Uh, we are all the time looking for uh, new keywords in terms of SEO, SEM. So you have to be all uh, you have to buy all media uh, that that it's uh, interesting for your users to to get to impact to all your customers, and then just uh, a low conversion rate uh, to get a lot of leads. And then once you get the lead, so you have to <laughs> to to get that lead that uh, make it. Uh, 
a buyer. So you, you, you then get leads, but not uh, customers. So you have to call that lead through your call center. So that means lots of thousands of uh, calls per year, per, per day, sorry. And also uh, uh, by email marketing, also you have to send a, a thousand of emails. So that's probably easy to have uh, users and customers and leads, but uh, not so easy to get uh, real customers and loyal customers. Definitely, uh, a lot of data for sure that yeah. you have to yeah, drill down. And why did you start in in B two in B two C? Xavier was so wondering. I I, I spent all my professional career in B2, focused in B two C. So I I my my experience in B two B is just as an advisor or just helping some friends that are uh, fighting in the B two B field. But uh, <laughs> So that's 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 why I said so I I, I can barely understand B2B markets, <laughs> but I was more focused in B2C that's more technical in terms of marketing. You need to be more uh, much better than your competitor, uh, not not uh, even with a better product, because uh, sometimes you, you can have even the same, exactly the same uh, product that your competitor, but you need to be more efficient in terms of uh, acquisition, marketing campaigns, and also mm -hmm. converting them to your customers. Definitely a competitive space for sure. And Alon, uh, what do you have to take on this since you, I, I think that you were in B2B, but pretty sure that you had experience in both sides as well. Yeah, so um, I, I'm the hybrid. <laughs> so <laughs> my, my, my focus with the companies I've worked at and with, with advisory or full-time roles, is it's what is called today officially B2B2C, which is, as you guys know well, it's the eyes of the consumer or the customer, the value that they gain, whether it's effective communication or if it's a great customer service or if it's a ability to have e-commerce, conversational commerce, all of those elements, digital, non-digital solutions, B2B2C is telling the story from the voice of the consumer, the eyes of the consumer, in a way that then the CTA, the call to action is about well, Mr. Miss Buyer or Buyer Personas, I think Dave started talking about, you should realize that your consumers want this. So I'm a total B2B guy, always been, but always a B2B to see storyteller that starts from the value proposition, the why, all the way back to the result. And the challenge with that today is it's very hard to do paid in B2B. And it's very ineffective sometimes. Um, I think Dave mentioned about the lack of control of advertising, actually media, even reaching an audience. It's all about content and influence marketing today, which I love because it goes to the B2B2C stories. And that is what I've been using a lot recently, especially with the higher enterprise, not the lower mid-market, but the mid-market is about content and earned and trying to get inbound and replicable patterns. The enterprise side, which is a longer sales cycle, six to 12 months usually, there's a lot of attribution and touch points about different content being served at the right time, different through diverse media, events, webinars, and so forth. And for me, that's the most exciting thing today in marketing and glad to talk about it later on. Great. Thank you, Alan. I, definitely. This is, this, is, this is really interesting what you were pointing out. I feel like here at Post Manager, it, it's sort of, I wouldn't say easy, but at the end of the day, you have like different channels to get the leads out of it. But in the sales process, in the sales funnel, when you 
um, when these prospects move along the the sales funnel, it gets all the way to like you know a sales manager that has a face and talks to another face, and it it, it converges there the B two B to the B two C. You have you need to have the right content for the right audience, and the alignment of marketing and sales, I guess, it's crucial there to enable that content the marketing is creating and triggering it to to the sales department so they can use it effectively to all the way through the consideration stage and move those prospects that they have thanks to also marketing efforts uh, all the way to customers. And I, I like to say that it doesn't just end there, but it goes all the way to operations and you know, the projects that those people have. Um, and it's not just getting customers, but it's also a matter of like getting those customers really happy and delighted. I hear like a, li a little bit of noise in the background. I don't know, like someone has someone out there. If you can hear me well, it's definitely not me. I'm like here with my plant at the office in Sunny Barcelona. <laughs> I think your plant is making noises. Yeah, it's complaining. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's the it's one. Water. Okay, after this first discussion about B2B versus B2C, since you are growth hackers, you're BPOs of marketing, you, you, you need to be accountable of, of the ROI uh, here for the audience. I think it's really interesting as well to know a little bit about your tricks. I want to like get down to those channels that uh, you use the most, those that you like the most. Uh, and for this purpose, I think we're going to start with, with Xavi. And can you tell me like what, what is the, those channels that work the best for, for B2C? And then we will compare it to, to, to B2B. Like, is it Facebook ads? Is it like uh, Instagram, influence marketing? What, what, what do you guys use? Yeah, it's uh, it's always it depends. So <laughs> it depends on uh, your focus. Then your if if you are focused on uh, just grow as fast as possible, uh, and you are don't you don't care about the results or the return of investment. So probably you will work with all of them. <laughs> that would be the the answer. So all of them. But if you are uh, at the moment, so for for my expertise in education field and also travel, so. Uh, the most interesting uh, channel could be SEO and also SEM. And if you have a database of users, so email marketing would be great uh, in terms of uh, return on investment and also returning your customers to buying again your product. So that, and also again, a lot of data to analyze and understand to, to get the most from your your budget. I, I totally agree in, in, uh, with Alan. So B2B, it's more about uh, telling a story and also uh, having a lot of inbound uh, market, doing a lot of inbound marketing, but uh, the same for the B2C. So uh, at the moment, people is looking for a big brand and not just uh, the cheapest offer. So people prefer to pay to to, to pay a little bit more, but uh, into a company or in a website that it's uh, more, that, that looks like uh, better and it's more confident, no? the people may uh, get more confident with your user. And also uh, the, the, if you have a brand well-known in your country, so it, it doesn't matter if you have the, a, low, uh, a little bit expensive prices because you see you can compensate that with your brand and other added value. So, but uh, if I if I have to choose uh, from the different channels, I would choose um, totally uh, for the SEO and mm -hmm. and direct and email marketing. But 
uh, that it, it makes it, it needs it takes time so you need to to prepare uh, content you, you need to uh, optimize uh, all of them in terms of SEO so in time and time and and, and uh, we, uh, no one will ensure that uh, even if you ha even having a great SEO strategy uh, and the best content and even the best uh, <laughs> con uh, original uh, uh, content and opinion from your user reviews etc so no one will guarantee that you will be the number one so you 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 have to to have a, a different a combination of uh, all channels not 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 only for the results. So it's, it would be great to understand what you can get from the your users uh, in in each uh, channel, and also from my point of view, the return on investment is a general KPI. So uh, for sure, you will have a very uh, profitable channels and very profitable campaigns, but you need also volume to complement uh, them or, or just uh, do campaigns that maybe now are not profitable. But if you can keep working hard and try to understand uh, how to do it better, you will make them uh, even positive. So definitely on, on channels, as I would say, is like uh, you own SEO, you own your email lists, and that's the way yeah. to reach it. Definitely after what happened probably with uh, non-owned uh, lists like Facebook algorithm that turned likes that you had into like a paying revenue for them. I, I feel like that was a, a pain into all the, well, mainly B2C companies, but also like some of the B2B. So I, I, I totally agree on like the owned channels. And Alan was, was also willing to take a work on, work on this. So Alan, please go ahead. Yeah, thanks. It's actually interesting because B2B and B2C can be similar in some senses. It's just the number of touches, attribution, and sales cycle are the big difference. So first level engagement, we both agree. Um, I think all of us agree on content and SEO being a critical path. If you're asking the question about channel, email is still king to deliver to a target list the relevant content. Ideally, also, you want to place videos, but that's different content. We're not talking about content, but I'm talking about channel in front of that mm -hmm. content. For B2B specifically, in, in, the, in the view that I am experienced in, you want to go to as much one-to-few, because it's not really one-to-one. -one, that's mainly sales or BDRs. One-to-few, I mean by you slice your target ABM or ABM light, if you want to call it, by a persona in a vertical. So, for example, e-commerce companies and the target customer experience leader. Or it can be IoT companies with a VP of engineering leader. And then you serve them the content across. Email is still king. People, I don't know why the world thinks email is not sexy and good. It's number one at the end of the day if you have the right target and the right content. And then lookalike models have been working well for me on different medias to drive attributed engagement first touch, middle touch, not always last touch, LinkedIn and others. So those are the things that I would stick to. And in specific B2B enterprise mainly, events and webinars have been amazing to, as a platform to deliver thought leadership, content and customer advocacy, where either they are high touch events, which are very much about facilitating of a content and a theme, or a webinar which talks about one topic in a one-to-many approach. So that's my views about that.
That's great, Alan. Thanks. Uh, like this one, like this webinar, right? One notch topic, <laughs> precisely. Exactly. Uh, let's let's see what Dave uh, has to take on this since he's an expert on B2B. Okay. Um, so uh, definitely agree with uh, uh, everything uh, Alan said. I think at the end of the day, um, you know, it's a different podcast, but you know, content is king. So you you can't you can't go do your SEO. You you really can't do your SEM. You can't do your email marketing. You can't do your influencer marketing unless you have a, a content strategy uh, in place um, that that meets the requirements of the business that that you're actually in. Um, specifically for for Agora, um, what we've what we've kind of done is we've said. Um, and I'll, I'll take this from the uh, developer perspective. Um, while, while we do run SEM heavily, um, uh, you know, a, lot of, uh, a, a lot of what we ultimately get out of it um, is, is a different kind of metric than what we would look at from a product owner persona perspective. On the, the product owner persona perspective, we would say this is an MQL. So it's a marketing qualified lead which then converts into a qualified sales lead. And so there's a really clear path that I think we all understand related to that. For the developer side of the fence though, what we're really trying to do is we're trying to drive active users. Um, and so it's a different kind of metric that we're after. And, and the way you, um, you ultimately communicate uh, with those developers through channels is different than with product owners. So for us, um, I, while we do SEM and we do plenty of LinkedIn, uh, please like all our stuff when you see it <laughs> and, and share it. Um, bonuses for everybody, um, which, is, which is great. But when, when we do um, uh, developer marketing, a lot of what we also do is put, um, put our brand out into the marketplace in, in Twitter and in Facebook and believe it or not, in Instagram as well because we're trying to expand our brand reach uh, to a very niche community. And to Alan's point, when you're doing B2B, you're really doing B2B to C. And, and a, lot of, um, a lot of the tactics that we'll, we'll implement revolve around trying to take the Agora brand and sticking the brand name into the consumer market in places that we know uh, developers are actually hanging out. Mm -hmm. So definitely like uh, do your work and your research and find where your audience is, right? And put it right there in front of like, whatever they use. It's either any channel, right? Any, any channel that they are at as a community. I guess it's, uh, it's all, all about like, building the community that mm -hmm. surrounds your brand. Uh, and that, that can be a community of developers, of product managers. Or, uh, in our case, in Post Manager, we, we have a community of field sales reps. Because at the end of the day, we know that it's not uh, like the best tool for every salesperson out there, but it is exceptionally good to that community of field sales rep. And we try to to focus our efforts on where these people are. And we have been uh, seeing successes on you know either LinkedIn, uh, Facebook ads for you know remarketing them whenever they are at our website, and that has been working exceptionally for us. Um, so I'll move very quick to the to the next questions. I have a, a couple of questions left, and I don't want to miss out on on anything. And we'll start with Alan now. Uh, I would like to know what is your okay. ideal structure of a team or of a company. 
Okay. So, so let's focus on marketing first. I'm used to having um, the marketing and the BD team also, but I'm going to split the BD team to the side. When you focus on enterprise, but also mid-market as your target, um, as your target audience, I believe that usually the first two that have to be in place are going to be, you'll be surprised, maybe ops and performance marketing, because otherwise every dollar goes to what? I don't know. I have to have some idea of attribution and return or I, the number one metric for me is payback on MQL and payback on SQL. That's the first thing I need because then that, that clears for me sense out of all the noise. And the second thing is start investing in content. So is it a content marketing? Is it an editorial? Is it a hub? Everybody can trust that. That's the structure. The next thing is you need to classic demand, which I like to split into ABM and growth. Growth will be more like the inbound. I think Dave talked about SCM heavily and all those. Let's put all of those together into growth and inbound and have one. And the second one will be more the ABM or targeted digital marketing by display, lookalikes, etc. So those two are a bit different. One of them more outbound, one of them is more inbound. And the next thing, um, it depends on the scale and size of marketing and budget, is um, you should have an event slash PR, if you have to mix it out or separate it. I'd, lately, I've unfortunately, I know this could be a conversation. I just don't want to go to PR firms anymore. I'm tired of them. I'm tired of the word retainer. I'm tired of paying that much money. I'm sure, this can be an interesting topic, but I, I'm just not seeing the ROI, respectfully. Sorry, any PR people on the call. Love to get you to ping me at Alon uh, on LinkedIn and give you my thoughts or convince me otherwise. Um, Different topic. <laughs> and then analytics, of course, and then in product marketing. And that's it. You, a life cycle, community, everything else can be afterwards. And then you need a very strong BD partnership, either under marketing or under sales, that can really go along. And then you can eventually develop vertical and industry and persona and all those, which really gives you the one to few versus one to many. That's the structure I believe in. It was very quick, but basically... Performance ops. In a summary, in a summary, like five people, Alan. Like who, who are the five people that you need to, in the marketing department? Performance ops, growth, ABM, events, and content. That's it. Okay, definitely not a PR, right? No, 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 no. That's <laughs> that's that's luxury when you have time. <laughs> that's funny. That was a that was a great answer. Thanks, Alan. Uh, moving mo moving moving back to Dave. Uh, what are your thoughts? about your ideal team. And let's focus on marketing. That's right. Uh, we are all marketing uh, heads here. Yeah. So who do you um, have in your team? Yeah. So um, Alan, when Alan brought up one of my off, favorite but... topics. Okay. Alan brought up one of my favorite topics, which was PR. Um, <laughs> and, and so, you know, what, what, one of the things I've tried to do, because PR has really changed and it, it doesn't, it doesn't mean what it, uh, what it, what it used to mean even five years ago. Yeah. Um, so, um, what, what we've done with PR at, at Agora, because we, we actually think it's a key point, um, but we're actually utilizing our PR team skills in, in a kind of a different way, um, which is to actually help us, um, help us produce um, influencer, uh, influencer marketing campaigns exactly. and influencer-related um, bylines and things like that really kind of um, uh, put our brand out into the marketplace. Just running a press release and getting it picked up by a bunch of newspapers doesn't do you anything. Agree. It doesn't do you any good. So, 
PR is, you know, it's definitely part of our, our strategy and it's one of the key components. We've just shifted what we do with it today. Um, growth, uh, uh, growth marketing is, is another key uh, position um, inside, um, inside our, our Agora uh, marketing team. Um, that position though can't succeed uh, unless we have our ops in place. Um, and so it's, you know, everything that comes in from, um, uh, from the marketing organization goes into our CRM system. Uh, there's drip programs tied back to marketing automation systems. And, and none of it makes any sense if you can't actually understand um, what's happening. So um, ops is, a, is also another key um, area that we focus on um, with the marketing team um, at Agora as well. And then the, the last kind of like key position uh, specific to our business, um, and this is a little bit um, old school, um, but it's events um, and, and really having a strong understanding of what events are and mean to, to our company. So what we've done, um, since we have these two distinct personas that we go after, we've got two different tracks of events um, that, the, uh, that the company goes to. It, it does every possible hackathon known to mankind. We, we try to get to all of the hackathons that we can possibly get to, to reach out to the developer community. And then on the uh, product owner side of the fence, we tend to go after vertical markets that make a lot of sense for us. So uh, retail or broadcasting, uh, social discovery is also another huge space for us. And we try to go into those markets and we try to talk to uh, product owners and brand strategists that would be uh, looking to uh, implement real-time communications into their, uh, into their applications. So we really try to take our, our marketing employees uh, on the marketing team and really focus them in on specific channels that will ultimately help our overall sales efforts. Cool, thanks Dave a lot. And let's move to B2C then. Uh, what are the roles, the key roles in the marketing department that, that you have, Xavi? Yeah, first of uh, first of all, I would like to say that there is that there are not two the two marketing teams equal in the different not companies. So you need so, you need to under to no that so I, I maybe it's uh, classic, <laughs> but I, I I would like to say that because uh, uh, you need to know what's what what are your core uh, channels or core product or core tactics to get your traffic and then uh, invest and hire the best people there. If not. So that there is a, a trade-off between in-house in and also outsourcing. So uh, be, be, before validate uh, the traffic acquisition from one channel. So I, 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 I really uh, believe that uh, agencies and also uh, well, uh, uh, consulting firms could help really very well, but uh, if we focused in our core channels, and I have to say, uh, a structure or a different names or job titles <laughs> uh, for <clears throat> several uh, people in the team. So I definitely go for a specialist, vertical specialist. So in terms of performance, I would like to have a specialist for SEM, another one for SEO, and another one for Facebook ads, Facebook social ads. Okay, mm -hmm. so but 
uh, having, having said the first the first part, so you need to validate that that's your the, your channel, the way you can uh, scale your marketing campaign. So if not, uh, you are hiring uh, qualified people that you will never get the most from them. So and they will get uh, frustrated. So it will be better to start outside of the company. And then another another one in terms of uh, SEO. So I would like to and to make sure that content is the king at the moment and still the king and will be the king for the next a few years for sure. So uh, uh, so I would like to have a content manager or mm -hmm. someone who is uh, taking so much care about that field and and, and also email marketing. So email marketing in terms of chief uh, revenue. Uh, so uh, a specialist uh, looking for and having uh, and optimizing your database and all your all the funnel, and also another one. If it's uh, probably if it will not be uh, the most common, but uh, just one people focused in conversion and also uh, having a better loyalty and repetition from your customers. So that that. That would be that there is a lot of room to improve your marketing campaigns, but also a lot of room for your synergies. So <clears throat> having someone, an, 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 an analytic profile, looking for new opportunities, new synergies, and also new ways to to do cross sell and upsell to our customers or to get more uh, more repetition from 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 your actual customers. So that that would be really great and also business development so i really mm -hmm. i'm uh, i really think that uh, having agreements with your not your competitors but uh, with someone in your in the same industry with a lot of synergies to have <clears throat> to have a economic product or whatever cooperation so you, mm -hmm. you can get a lot of uh, you can do a lot of business uh, just dealing with a uh, with another company so maybe they will have traffic and you will get your, you you will have products so let's try to figure out different ways to collaborate together so that that's uh, from my experience from my uh, it's it's really great so there are a lot of websites with a lot of traffic and they they don't know uh, what to do with them so <laughs> what to do with that traffic so that would be great. Yeah, probably that that would be some focused in pool and some with uh, inbound or push traffic. Great, uh, the, the diversity of marketing. This is what we saw here. It's uh, when I think of like the different departments of a company. It's definitely you know all uh, in marketing is where we have probably the most different roles. Uh, especially if you compare to sales. Okay, sales is mainly say, selling. You can develop sales, sales, or you can sell. But here in marketing, like so many specialties that we all all need to handle and i guess you have to prioritize prioritize like what's most important for your business first uh, and go and take exactly. it from, from there definitely here uh, how i structure my department is uh, i have an inbound person an outbound person a pr and a product so uh, these are like my four pillars that i that i found here in in, in force manager and that i built over the past six months and, and it has worked uh, quite well uh, all the way through, especially I think because uh, we agreed all on the numbers. And at the end of the day, to myself, it's like you know, uh, talking again about PR and how we structured it is not. They handle events as well, and they have the numbers really clear, so they can be accountable of what they do. And in terms of you know newspapers and all those those offline worlds, we don't track that much, but especially if they can put backlinks to our website. 
uh, that really helps inbound. And those are like a few of the numbers that we put on the table of, of PR. I think we, we are running out of time. And so really quickly, what I would say, yeah, it's just like, I, I, like, I like this question a lot. So I, I'll just ask yourself, if you would find yourself 10 years younger, uh, what would you advise yourself about what to learn or most importantly, what not to learn? Uh, I'll start as in the beginning, we started with Dave. So you, Dave, go ahead. Uh, okay, that's a, it's a, a really interesting question. And the, the first thing I would do is, is, is try to figure out how to prevent hair loss because this is just, okay. <laughs> this is just terrible. Um, but, um, but beyond the, uh, the, the, the hair loss issue, I think um, recognizing, um, uh, especially from uh, when, when I started having the uh, managerial um, or started moving into management, really recognizing the importance of project management. Um, it, you know, if I was saying anything to myself from, from way back when, it would be um, you get your project management uh, uh, organized in, in such a way that you can really kind of control um, the, uh, and as you put Jordy, the four pillars of your marketing organization. Um, mm -hmm. Because it's really easy to have a bunch of great ideas and to, to go do all these other things. Um, but if it's not organized in a project management system or in a way um, where you're actually controlling what's actually happening, then it becomes very difficult and unruly. Um, you know, when you look at the, um, when you look at our project management system, uh, I'm not gonna say which system we're using, but when you look at all of the things together that have to happen in a given week, it's, it's a little bit scary. Now, when, when things are uh, positioned and you've got five different uh, employees working on different aspects of it, it's not that big of a deal. So uh, project management is definitely um, the, the key thing, other than the hair loss, I would, I would say to myself. <laughs> That's great. That's definitely. Xavi, what about you? You don't have any hair loss issues, not at all. So I want, I, I'm, I'm yeah. so jealous. It's ridiculous. <laughs> So from 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 my point of view, so the first thing I would I would like to to start saying no uh, more often and earlier. So yeah, that would probably saying no uh, helps you to prioritize your product, and uh, that would be the first one. And the second one would be uh, not being perfect, so being good enough but fast. So uh, so if I would like to go go fast and well the, 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 as fast as possible, it doesn't matter if you are the number one in terms of quality or in terms of accuracy for your it's it's much better to go big and fast and then uh, you will have uh, you will have time enough to improve your marketing campaigns and to hire specialists to do it uh, in the best way. But uh, being yeah, being fast and also uh, thinking big. Yeah, I know that everyone will say that, but think big in terms of uh, uh, try to understand if what you are doing now it's uh, real scalable. So uh, it, it, how how you will having all the time the chip that uh, doing the things at the same way that uh, as you will manage uh, ten times the volume you you get now. So that that would be. 
because no, no, no one pays for having a perfect marketing campaign or just the one uh, small marketing campaign. So companies are looking for massive strategies, validating strategies, so the, the, the path to profitability. So that's the, not one campaign, one perfect campaign. So uh, yeah. thinking and trying to, to validate your strategy for uh, 10 times your, your actual volume. That's great. Thank you, Xavi. And Alon, what do you have left there? Have they, these guys left you any ideas? I'm thinking of uh, mine already. They robbed <laughs> mine completely. Now, uh, uh, 10 years ago was a different world. SaaS was not mainstream. SaaS is now the natural, the common. So the one thing I would, well, not the one, the two things that go together that I would tell my younger, more beautiful, more toned self um, would be measure in order to be agile. Because as I see it, it's hard to be agile in a SaaS rapid crazy world without having the data there to help you drive the agile decisions. And KPIs in place are great to talk about, but if you don't have a baseline, all you can use is your experience. Ideally, as a marketing leader, you want to use your experience and a baseline in the company. So when you enter something or you embark on something or you add a product or add something, make sure that you stand behind it and you say, we need the data. All the way from top of the funnel to attribution to close rates to um, sales numbers. Without data, it's hard to make decisions. And in a crazy SaaS world, I think Dave mentioned about the hundreds of projects going on. You have to have data in order to get the insights. So that's the number one takeaway I would give myself 10 years ago. That's great. That's great. Those young kids, if we knew all these, especially saying no, project management metrics, it's like probably the three things that you that, that I would have like of your of, you, of you, what you said. And 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 to myself, it's I just want to like recap a little bit on well, what I would tell myself just very quickly. Uh, my younger self is definitely soft skills. It's like something that I see a difference in any company. Those people that have soft skills move faster. And it's not probably a priority. It would go right after the, those that you guys said. But uh, yeah, soft skills is also like uh, something that most a lot of people are missing nowadays. And it, it helps you a lot, I believe. So just to leave it here, uh, I think I'll pass it over to Ryan. But right before that, I think we have to sing a little bit of a happy birthday to you, Ryan. Today is yeah. Ryan's birthday. So I'll, I'll, I'll do it and you guys can follow me. Please. Okay, only uh, only in your in your in your own languages. Like, let's get uh, this yeah. multi, right? So mazel, mazel. All right, you can lead it, but we can all sing in different languages. Happy birthday. Yeah, we're, we got it. And all together now. Happy birthday to me. Thank you, Ryan. Hey, thank you. Thank you. No, what what a what a great panel. And the first thing I want to say is that my advice to my younger self is to get in front of more people like you more often earlier on. Uh it it never it never um, amazes me how in a short amount of time you can crowdsource the brain power of so many people, especially from across the world. And some of the things that stuck out to me today are things like PR is changing. 
You have to be innovative with your data. If you're not getting data and not using it, then you're, you're essentially like being left out. I love the talk of content is king and that SEO only works if you've got the content behind it, but make sure that you're creating the right team members with the right specificity to do that. Um, you know, everything from, you know, hair loss at the same time I'm working with your bro there, like we together, we are stronger. And I think that um, to be able to have such uh, great insights from everybody and really determine the difference between the B2B and the B2C, there are some specific differences. So um, I took a bunch of notes here and I'm sure that for all the younger people out there, which we are all younger until we get older the next year with our birthday, um, <laughs> crowdsourcing each other's information like this is key. So uh, the other thing I just would like to say is that you don't have to be serious to be a hero. And there was a lot of humor. There was a lot of fun that everybody had. And I just want to remind everybody that, you know, without humor, uh, things become serious and business should be fun. And it's exciting to see successful people that are past the A, past the B rounds, raising millions of dollars with hundreds of employees that at the end of the day, you know, you're not only being a hero and fighting startup crime and, and rescuing people, but you're having fun while you're doing it. And I think that's, that's, that's refreshing um, as I grow older today. <laughs> that's great. All right. So, so everybody, we, we do these every week. So check out scaleupacademy.io. And if you know anybody who'd be great on the show, reach out to us and let us know. The Facebook Live is live. So feel free to share that because we can continue to have this learning, create more and more momentum to help save more lives for the heroes that you are in the scale up world. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to peace out here. Everybody else. It was great to see you.